uh, I think most people in evangelicalism, when they see a squirrel, thinks of Gene Clyde. It's really strange when you think about it. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods, where we have uh, about as close to zero humidity as I've seen in a long time. And as you can tell from my flyaway staticky hair, uh, not really showing up on the uh, on the camera too bad, but when I look in the mirror, I've got this cloud of hair um, as the static electricity and the dry air is affecting things, as it often does. Mm. Coffee, yes, gotta love coffee. All right, it is Thursday. December 8th, 2022, and this is Squirrel Chatter, a podcast dedicated primarily to the public reading of Scripture and secondarily to my thoughts on various topics of the day. This is day 9 of 10 of double Scripture reading days as we are getting caught up from me being sick a couple of weeks ago. Tomorrow will be the last double Scripture day and we will be caught back up and we can resume our regular uh, regularly scheduled reading. Um, like I said, I'm going to skip the normal features for the rest of the year, so we won't be doing a Theology Thursday, and we won't be doing Federalist Fridays until 2023. Um, doesn't mean we don't have stuff to talk about, but we won't be doing those um, until we get into the new year. Um, and, uh, remind you, I am preaching in at Vaughn Community Bible Church in Vaughn, Montana, this coming Sunday. That's right outside of Great Falls. Um, it's right where Highway 200 hits I-15. So if you are in the Great Falls area, and uh, we'd love to have you come out. Um, come out and say hi, worship with us. It'll be a fun time, and I'm looking forward to that. Let's see, and on the way to Great Falls or on the way to Vaughn, on Saturday, I'll be stopping off at Camp Utmost for the Camp Utmost Christmas party. So that will be on Saturday night. Looking forward to that. Yesterday was the cutoff date to RSVP for the Christmas party at Camp Utmost. So if you didn't do it, sorry. But uh, looking forward to, uh, to seeing everybody at camp tomorrow, or Saturday night. And... Uh, Tonight I've got a family dinner thing at uh, my sister's house. So I got a cousin in town from Atlanta. So we're going to get together, and and uh, he is a chef, and he's actually cooking dinner. So looking forward to that. Um, been a long time since I've had some of his cooking. So he he does a a good job. So he has taken over my sister's kitchen today, and is preparing dinner for the family tonight. Hmm. As far as I know, we'll have uh, my granddaughter, my daughter, my son-in-law, my nephews and their wives slash girlfriend, 
Two of them are married. One of them is simply. So we're just looking forward to a, a big, uh, and my my uh, my nephew and his wife just had a, a baby in November that I have never ever met in person. So I'm looking forward to seeing him tonight and meeting meeting my newest grandnephew. I think grandnephew. I think that's the proper. Yeah, nephew, grandnephew. I don't know how genealogy's weird. At, at you know what uh, what level and how people are related. You know, I know my my nephews are my sister's kids, and and uh, I assume their kids are grand nieces and nephews. Uh, if someone can come up with the correct terminology, send me an email at squirrelchatter at protonmail.com. <laughs> I would appreciate that. All right. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. Head on over to christianpodcastcommunity.org. Check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. And the dry weather is affecting my throat. So, as I said, it is really super dry. Let me see what the... I've got a humidity gauge back here. 31%. Not as dry as it was a couple of days ago. It was like 16 in the house. <laughs> really dry, but uh, 31 is pretty dry. So we're having the dry winter weather. All right, our scripture reading today are Ezra 7 through 10, Nehemiah 1 through 3, Psalm 97, and Revelation 4 and 5. So that is the next to last of our double scripture days to get us caught up and back on schedule to finish by the end of the year. And after tomorrow... We will have three weeks left in the year. So that means Christmas is in two weeks. And then New Year's the week after that. Christmas is a Sunday this year, which I like. I've always liked Christmas on Sunday. Um, I remember as a kid that, you know, it didn't matter what day of the week Christmas was, there were church services. Now we have churches that are canceling church service because Christmas is a Sunday. Somebody explain that to me. You know, I grew up with, with Christmas Eve and Christmas morning services, and that was in a Southern Baptist church. We're not talking about some liturgical mainline church. We're talking about a Southern Baptist church. We had, you know, Christmas services at 11 o'clock on whatever morning it was. So we would get up, we would have our family Christmas, and then we would have breakfast, and then we would go to church. And after going Christmas Eve. So um, how quickly times change. So yeah, Christmas is a Sunday. Looking forward to that. I like Christmas on Sundays. I like church on Christmas Day. Um, I always think that's a that's a good thing to do, um, just to get together and praise the Lord. And uh, I mean, if you look at the ancient church calendar, it really centers on two events: Christmas and Easter. 
you have the days leading up to Christmas, Advent, and then you have the days leading up to Easter. That's the that's the church calendar. And of course, I mean, then you have Pentecost and, and you know, there's other things on the ancient church calendar. And liturgical churches, most of which are very liberal, still follow that. Um, there are advantages to that, I think, to following the, the church calendar. I mean, I don't know if you need, you know, I mean, our, our pastor at, at Frenchtown is doing a Advent series and does every year where, you know, he marks off each Sunday of Advent, the, the four Sundays before Christmas, and then, you know, Christmas Day. And the, the you know, Advent calendar is more frequently observed in evangelical churches. Um, and I said, I'm not a proponent of Lent and, and things like that, but it, you know, that predates Roman Catholicism. Um, you know, the Roman, Roman Catholicism took centuries to, to form. And, uh, but the, the, the church calendar predates that, um, which is why many of the reformed churches kept the church calendar, um, after the reformation, um, and in a lot of ways, the American Baptist movement, which is what modern evangelicalism rises out of, um, it really does. I mean, you can look at the, the you know, you're, you, you don't have a lot of Pentecostal Presbyterian churches. You don't have a lot, you know, most of what we term evangelical in the United States came out of the American Baptist movement and particularly out of the revivalist movement, Charles Finney and whatnot. And the revivalist movement abandoned a lot of church tradition because the revivalist movement was all about man-centered manipulative church growth. Um, it really, you know, and, and often, I mean, Charles Finney was a heretic, flat out Pelagian. And so you have this, you know, uh, it's a, it's its own tradition. So it's not like you can say it's a traditional, but it abandoned so much of, the the church traditions that had developed over the centuries for reasons. Um, I mean, the liturgy. I, I am, I have, the older I get and the more I study church history and the more I, you know, the more liturgical I get in my outlook. Um, that was one of the things when I, I took uh, theology of worship over the summer. Um, from Dr. Scott Annual at Grace Bible Theological Seminary. And one of the things that in that reading and in the classroom discussions <clears throat> was the, the formal gospel-centered structure of the worship service. 
that most evangelical churches no longer follow. You know, you'll have an opening prayer, a welcome and announcements, you know, three, four songs and a sermon and a closing song. And there's no structure to the service beyond that. <clears throat> Whereas when you look at the traditional liturgies of churches through the centuries, you see a call to worship, a confession of sin, a proclamation of pardon, Old Testament reading, New Testament reading, sermon, you know, the, the preaching of the word. So you, you had this, this structure that, you know, was, was even the structure of the service was gospel related. Um, the call to worship, because worship is instigated by God. We don't come to God to worship on our own. Because, you know, there's no one who seeks after God. God has to call us. So there's a call to worship. And then there's a confession of sin. Because we need to be cleansed from our sin before we can worship our God. And so a prayer of confession, like the one we use here on Squirrel Chatter, was a crucial part of the worship service followed by a proclamation of pardon where the minister from the word declares the people declares to the people who have confessed their sins that if they confess their sins truly and in faith that the the word of god promises that they have been forgiven you know you know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, you know, we have that promise. So we have a, a proclamation of pardon and forgiveness based on the word of God that he forgives all those who are truly penitent and come before him and confess their sins and are forgiven. Then you can get into the teaching of the word. Because then you can get into real worship because you have come, you have been called, you have repented of your sin, you have been forgiven, you have been washed clean, then you can worship in spirit and in truth. So having that liturgical structure and that gospel-centered structure, the, the, the older I get and the more I study it, I see the great benefit in that not a dry, you know, formal, you know, I mean, you, you can go to, to, to Episcopal churches that don't believe the Bible and they'll have all these liturgical structures, but nobody believes it. It's just, uh, you know, a, a, a formality and a ritual. Um, you know, Roman Catholic churches, same thing. You've got a very formal liturgy, but there's no, there's no belief behind it. There's no faith behind it. We're not saved by liturgical services. We're saved by grace through faith. 
But at the same time, you take the most liberal Episcopal church, where they follow the Book of Common Prayer, because most of them follow the new contemporary worship, which is a much watered down, even though the, the Book of Common Prayer is the official liturgy of the Church of England, the uh, what they call the contemporary worship liturgy is what most people use, and that's a, that's a much more watered down uh, liturgy. But if, the, if you go to a, a traditional Church of England church that follows the 1662 Book of Common Prayer, you will hear more scripture read than you do in most evangelical services. That is to our shame. We neglect the public reading of scripture. I mean, you look back at the typical Puritan service in the 18th and 19th centuries, the typical Puritan service was two to three hours long. It had extensive Old Testament reading and then the minister giving the sense of the reading, which wasn't a sermon, it was more of a uh, just an explanatory I think of it kind of a study Bible level explanation of the, and, and there's nothing wrong with a study Bible level explanation. I've learned a lot from reading study Bible, good study Bibles, and you probably have too. But they would have, you know, a reading, and then the minister would give the sense of the reading. He would explain it. Then they would have a psalm, and he would explain that. Then they would have a New Testament reading. And he would explain that. Then he would have a sermon. And interspersed through all of it is prayers and songs. And, you know, it followed a liturgical structure. You know, if we had a two or three hour church service now, that would floor a lot of people. Um most quote-unquote serious churches I know have a 90-minute service. And your you know, casual evangelical, you know, Christian and name-only person would think 90 minutes is extensive. You know, they want a, a you know, 45 minutes, <laughs> an hour tops. And that's just not realistic if you're actually going to get into the word. Um, and so, yeah, all right. That, all, all sorts of weird off-topic thoughts there. Let us get ready to get into our Bible reading today by coming to the Lord in a prayer of confession. And this is the prayer of confession from the 1552 Book of Common Prayer. Um, same prayer as the 1662, but uh, the 1552 was Thomas Cranmer's final prayer book and is the most reformed and Protestant of the prayer books. The 1662 was not nearly as good. The 1662 is essentially uh, 
Queen Elizabeth's prayer book, but uh, with some some further tweaks. And Queen Elizabeth's prayer book was essentially Cranmer's prayer book, but it, it changed some things. I mean, one of the things, in the 1552 Book of Common Prayer, it doesn't talk about priests. It talks about ministers. But in the 1662, they went back to talking about priests. So just one of those weird things. All right, let us begin with the prayer of confession. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Now our prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who hast caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wise hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which thou hast given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now Ezra, chapter 7. Now after these things, in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, there went up Ezra, son of Seraiah, son of Azariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Shalom, son of Zadok, son of Ahitub, son of Amariah, son of Azariah, son of Meraioth, son of Zerahiah, son of Uzi, son of Buki, son of Abishua, son of Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron the chief priest. This Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a scribe skilled in the law of Moses, which Yahweh, the God of Israel, had given. And the king granted him all he requested, because of the hand of Yahweh his God was upon him. And some of the sons of Israel, and some of the priests, the Levites, the singers, the gatekeepers, and the temple servants went up to Jerusalem in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes. He came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. From the first month, from the first of the first month, he began to go up from Babylon, and on the first of the fifth month he came to Jerusalem, because the good hand of his God was upon him. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of Yahweh, and to practice it, and to teach his statutes and judgment in Israel. Now this is the copy of the letter which King Artaxerxes gave to Ezra the priest, the scribe, learned in the words of the commandments of Yahweh and his statutes to Israel. Artaxerxes, king of kings, to Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of the God of heaven, perfect peace, and now I have issued a decree that any of the people of Israel and their priests and the Levites in my kingdom, who freely offer to go up to Jerusalem, may go with you. For as much as you are sent before, sent from before the king and his seven counselors to inquire concerning Judah and Jerusalem according to the law of your God, which is in your hand, and to bring the silver and the gold which the king and his counselors have freely offered to the God of Israel, whose dwelling is in Jerusalem, 
and all the silver and gold which you find in the whole province of Babylon, along with the freewill offering of the people and of the priests, who offered willingly for the house of their God, which is in Jerusalem. With this money, therefore, you shall with all diligence buy bulls, rams, and lambs, with their grain offerings and their drink offerings, and bring them near to the altar of the house of your God, which is in Jerusalem. And whatever seems good to you and to your brothers, to do with the rest of the silver and gold, you may do according to the will of your God. Also, the utensils which are given to you for the service of the house of your God, deliver in full before the God of Jerusalem. The rest of the needs for the house of your God, which may fall upon you to provide, provide for it from the royal treasury. So I, even I, King Artaxerxes, issued a decree to all the treasurers who are in the provinces beyond the river, that whatever Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of the God of heaven, may ask of you, it shall be done with all diligence. Okay, that, that's a, there's an issue with the formatting here. Hang on just a minute. I want to see what the, what the text says. Let me... Something about the formatting where it, it is set apart with the, the letter from Artaxerxes. It cut off part of the uh, part of the word. So hang on just a moment. We are professional here at Squirrel Chatter. We just do all things. <laughs> all right, Ezra chapter 7. We are in verse 22. Uh, going back to verse 21, so he says, So I, even I, King Artaxerxes, issued a decree to all the treasurers who are in the provinces beyond the river, that whatever Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of the God of heaven, may ask of you, it shall be done with all diligence, even up to 100 talents of silver, 100 cores of wheat, 100 baths of wine, 100 baths of oil, and salt without written order. It is decreed to the God of heaven, let it be done with zeal for the house for the house of the God of heaven, so that there will not be wrath against the kingdom of the God and his sons. We also make known to you that it is not allowed to impose tribute, custom, or toil or toll on any of the priests, Levites, singers, doorkeepers, temple servants, or other servants of this house of God. And you, Ezra, according to the wisdom of your God, which is in your hand, appoint magistrates and judges that they may judge all the people who are in the province beyond the river, even all those who know the laws of your God. And to anyone who does not know the laws, you shall make them known. Whoever will not do the law of your God and the law of the king, let judgment be done to him with all diligence, whether for death or for banishment, or for confiscation of goods, or for imprisonment. Blessed be Yahweh, the God of our fathers, who has put such a thing like as this in the king's heart, to beautify the house of Yahweh, which is in Jerusalem, and has extended loving kindness to me before the king and his counselors, and before all the king's mighty princes. Thus I was strengthened according to the hand of Yahweh my God upon me, and I gathered chief men from Israel, to go up with me. Chapter 8. Now these are the heads of their father's households and the genealogical records of those who went up with me from Babylon in the reign of King Artaxerxes. Of the sons of Phinehas, Gershom. Of the sons of Ithamar, Daniel. Of the sons of David, Hattush. 
of the sons of Shechaniah, who was of the sons of Perosh, Zechariah, and with him 150 males who were in the genealogical record. Of the sons of Pehath Moab, Eliahonai, the son of Zechariah, and 200 males with him. Of the sons of Zatu, Shechaniah, the son of Jehaziel, and 300 males with him. Of the sons of Aden, Ebed, the son of Jonathan, and 50 males with him. And of the sons of Elam, Jeshaiah, the son of Athaliah, and 70 males with him. And of the sons of Shephatiah, Zebediah, the son of Michael, and 80 miles with Michael. <laughs> Zebediah, the son of Michael, and 80 males with him. Of the sons of Joab, Obadiah, the son of Jehiel, and 218 males with him. And of the sons of Bani, Shelemith, the son of Josephiah, and 160 males with him. Of the sons of Babai, Zechariah, the son of Babai, and 28 males with him. And of the sons of Asgad, Johanan, the son of Hakatan, and 110 males with him. And of the sons of Adokam, the last ones, these being their names, Eliphalet, Jael, and Shemaiah, and sixty males with them. And of the sons of Bigvi, Uthai, and Zabub, and seventy males with them. Now I gathered them at the river that runs to Ahava, where we camped for three days, and I observed the people and the priest, but I did not find any Levites there. So I sent for Eleazar, Ariel, Shemaiah, Elnathan, Jerob, Elnathan, Nathan, Zechariah, and Meshulam, chief men, and for Joirib and Elnathan, teachers. I sent them out to Edo, the chief man at the place Casaphiah, and put words in their mouths to say to Edo and his brothers, the temple servants at the place of Casaphiah, that is, to bring ministers to us for the house of God. So according to the good hand of our God upon us, they brought us a man of insight of the sons of Mali, the son of Levi, the son of Israel, namely Sherebiah and his sons and brothers, 18 men, and Heshabiah and Jeshiah of the sons of Merai, with his brothers and their sons, 20 men, and 220 of the temple servants, whom David and the princes had given for the service of the Levites, all of them designated by name. Then I called for a fast there at the river of Ahiva, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a direct journey for us, our little ones and all our possessions. For I was ashamed to ask from the king for a military force and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the way, because we had said to the king, the hand of our God is upon all those who seek him for their good, but his strength and his anger are against all those who forsake him. So we fasted and sought our God concerning this matter, and he was moved by our entreaty. Then I set apart twelve of the leading priests, Sherebiah, Hashabiah, and with them ten of their brothers. And I weighed out to them the silver, the gold, and the utensils, the contributions for the house of our God, which the king and his counselors and his princes and all Israel presented there, present there had offered. Thus I weighed into their hands 650 talents of silver and silver utensils worth 100 talents and 100 gold talents 
and 20 gold bowls worth 1,000 derricks, and two utensils of fine shiny bronze, precious as gold. Then I said to them, You are holy to Yahweh, and the utensils are holy, and the silver and gold are a freewill offering to Yahweh, the God of your fathers. Watch and keep them until you weigh them before the officials of the priests, the Levites, and the officials of the fathers' households of Israel at Jerusalem, in the chambers of the house of Yahweh. So the priests and the Levites accepted and weighed out the silver and gold in the utensils to bring them to Jerusalem, to the house of our God. Then we set out from the river Ahiva on the twelfth of the first month to go to Jerusalem, and the hand of our God was upon us, and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy and the ambushes by the way. Thus we came to Jerusalem and remained there three days. On the fourth day the silver and the gold and the utensils were weighed out in the house of our God into the hand of Merimoth, the son of Uriah the priest, and with him was Eleazar the son of Phinehas, and with them were the Levites, Jazabad the son of Jeshua, and Noadiah the son of Benuah. Everything was numbered and weighed, and all the weight was written down at that time. The exiles who had come from the captivity brought burnt offerings near to the God of Israel, twelve bulls for all Israel, ninety-six rams, seventy-seven lambs, twelve male goats for a sin offering, all as burnt offering to Yahweh. Then they gave the king's edict to the king's satraps and to the governors in the provinces beyond the river, and they supported the people and the house of God. Chapter 9. Now when these things had been completed, the princes approached me, saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the lands according to their abominations, those of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy seed has intermingled with the peoples of the lands." Indeed, the hands of the princes and the officials have been foremost in this unfaithfulness. When I heard about this matter, I tore my garment and my robe, and pulled some of the hair from my head and my beard, and sat down in consternation. Then everyone who trembled at the word of the God of Israel on account of the unfaithfulness of the exiles gathered to me, and I sat appalled until the evening offering. But at the evening offering I arose from my affliction, even with my garment and my robe torn. And I fell on my knees and stretched out my hands to Yahweh my God. And I said, O oh my God, I am ashamed and humiliated to lift up my face to you, my God, for our iniquities have multiplied above our heads, and our guilt has become great even to the heavens. Since the days of our fathers to this day, we have been in great guilt. And on account of our iniquities, we, our kings and our priests, have been given into the hand of the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, and to plunder and to open shame as it is this day. But now, for a brief moment, grace has been shown from Yahweh our God, to leave us an escaped remnant, and to give us a peg for his holy place, that our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a little re reviving in our slavery. For we are slaves, yet in our slavery our God has not forsaken us but has extended loving-kindness to us before the kings of Persia, to give us reviving, to raise up the house of our God, to restore its waste places, and to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. So now our God, 
what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken your commandments, which you have commanded by the hand of your slaves, the prophets, saying, The land which you are entering to possess is an impure land with the impurity of the peoples of the lands, with their abominations which have filled it from end to end, and with their uncleanness. So now do not give your daughters to their sons, nor take their daughters to your sons, and never seek their peace or their prosperity, that you may be strong and eat the good things of the land, and leave it as a possession to your sons forever. After all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and our great guilt, since you, our God, have requited us less than our iniquities deserve, and have given us an escaped remnant as this, shall we again break your commandments and intermarry with the peoples who commit these abominations? Would you not be angry with us to the point of destruction until there is no remnant nor any who escape? O Yahweh, the God of Israel, you are righteous, for we have been left an escaped remnant. But as it is this day, behold, we are before you in our guilt, for no one can stand you before you because of this. Chapter 10 Now while Ezra was praying and making confession, weeping and prostrating himself before the house of God, a very large assembly, men and women and children, gathered to him from Israel, for the people wept bitterly. And Shechaniah, the son of Jael, one of the sons of Elam, answered and said to Ezra, We have been unfaithful to our God and have married foreign women from the peoples of the lands. Yet now there is hope for Israel in spite of this. So now let us cut a covenant with our God to put away all the wives and their children, according to the counsel of my Lord and of those who tremble at the commandment of our God, and let it be done according to the law. Arise. For this matter is your responsibility, but we will be with you. Be strong and act. Then Ezra arose and made the leading priests, the Levites, and all Israel swear an oath that they would do according to this word. So they swore an oath. Then Ezra arose from before the house of God and went into the chamber of Jehoniah, Jehona, Jehohanan, son of Eliashib, he went in there, but he did not eat bread nor drink water, for he was mourning over the unfaithfulness of the exiles. And they made a proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem to all the exiles that they should gather at Jerusalem, and that whoever would not come within three days, according to the counsel of the prince and the elders, all his possessions should be devoted to destruction. And he himself separated from the assembly of the exiles. So all the men of Judah and Benjamin gathered at Jerusalem within the three days. It was the ninth month on the twentieth of the month, and all the people sat in the open square before the house of God, trembling because of this matter and the heavy rain. Then Ezra the priest arose and said to them, You have been unfaithful and have married foreign wives, adding to the guilt of Israel. So now make confession to Yahweh, the God of your fathers, and do his will, and separate yourselves from the peoples of the land and from the foreign wives. Then all the assembly answered and said with a loud voice, This is so, as you have said, so it is our duty to do. But there are many people. It is the rainy season, and we are not able to stand outside. Nor can the task be done in one or two days, for we have transgressed greatly in this matter. Let our princes stand in for the whole assembly. And let all those in our cities who have married foreign wives come at set times, together with the elders and the judges of each city, until the burning anger of our God on account of this matter is turned away from us. 
However, Jonathan, the son of Asiel, and Jeaziah, the son of Tikva, stood against this, with Meshulam and Shebathai, the Levite, helping them. But the exiles did so, and Ezra the priest separated out men who were heads of their father's households for each of their father's households, all of them by name. So they convened on the first day of the tenth month to investigate the matter. And they completed investigating all the men who had married foreign wives by the first day of the first month. Among the sons of the priests who had married foreign wives were found of the sons of Joshua, the son of, Je of Josadok, and his brothers, Maaseah, Eliezer, Jerob, and Gedaliah. They gave their hand and pledge to put away their wives, and being guilty, they offered a ram of the flock for their guilt. Of the sons of Immer, there were Hanani and Zebediah. Of the sons of Haram, Maasiah, Elijah, Shemaiah, Jehiel, and Uzziah. Of the sons of Pasher, Elioni, Maaseiah, Ishmael, Nathaniel, Josabad, and Elash. Of the Levites, there was Jozabad, Shimai, Kelaiah, that is Kelita, Pethahiah, Judah, and Eleazar. Of the singers, there was Elishab, and of the gatekeepers, Shalem, Telam, and Uri. Of Israel, of the sons of Parosh, there was Ramaiah, Isaiah, Malchiah, Majamin, Eleazar, Malchalijah, and Benaiah. Of the sons of Elam, Mataniah, Zechariah, Jehiel, Abdi, Jeremoth, and Elijah. Of the sons of Zetu, Elioni, Eliashib, Mataniah, Jeremoth, Zabad, and Aziz, Aziza. And of the sons of Babai, Jehohanan, Hananiah, Zebai, and Athli. Of the sons of Bani, Meshulam, Malak, and Adaiah, Jashub, Sheel, and Jeremoth. Of the sons of Pehath Moab, Adni, Kalal, Benaiah, Maasiah, Mataniah, Bezalel, Benua, and Manasseh. Of the sons of Haram, Elizer, Ishijah, Malchijah, Shemaiah, and Shemoam. Benjamin, Malak, and Shemariah. Of the sons of Hashem, Matani, Matata, Zabad, Eliphalet, Jeremiah, Manasseh, and Shemai. Of the sons of Bani, Maadai, Amram, Uiel, Benaiah, Bedaiah, Kaluhai, Vanaiah, Merimoth, Eliashib, Metaniah, Metanei, Jaasu, Bani, Benua, Shimai, 
Shilamiah, Nathan, Adaiah, Machnadabiah, Shushai, Sherai, Azriel, Shimamiah, Shimariah, Shalem, Amariah, and Joseph. Of the sons of Nebo, there was Jael, Matahiah, Zabad, Zebina, Jedi, Joel, and Benaiah. All of these have been taken up foreign women as wives, and some of them had wives by whom they had children. Nehemiah chapter 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah. Now it happened in the month of Kislev, in the twelfth month, or in the twentieth year, and I was in Susa, the capital, that Hanani, one of my brothers, and some of the men of Judah came and asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped and remained from captivity and about Jerusalem. They said to me, The remnant there in the province who remained from the captivity are in great calamity and reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. Now it happened that when I heard these words, I sat down and wept, for, mourned for days, and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. I said, I beseech you, O Yahweh, the God of heaven, the great and fearsome God, who keeps the covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your slave, which I am praying before you today, day and night. On behalf of the sons of Israel, your slaves, confessing the sins of the sons of Israel, which we have sinned against you, I and my father's house have sinned. We have worked in utter des destruction against you and have not kept the commandments nor the statutes nor the judgments which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word which you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though those of you who have been banished were at the ends of the sky, I will gather them from there and will bring them to the place where I have chosen to cause my name to dwell. They are your slaves and your people whom you redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, I beseech you, may your ear be attentive to the prayer of your slave and the prayer of your slaves who delight to fear your name and make your slaves successful today and grant him compassion before this man. Now I was the cupbearer to the king. Chapter 2. Now it happened in the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. So the king said to me, Why is your face sad, though you are not sick? There is nothing but sadness. This is nothing but sadness of heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste and its gates have been consumed by fire? Then the king said to me, What would you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. I said to the king, If it is good for the king, and if your servant is good before you, send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, how long will your journey be, and when will you return? So it was good to the king to send me, and he gave me a set time. And I said to the king, If it is good to the king, let letters be given me for the governors of the provinces beyond the river, that they may allow me to pass through until I come to Judah. 
and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress, which is by the house of God, for the wall of the city and for the house to which I will go. And the king granted them to me, because the good hand of my God was on me. Then I came to the governors of the provinces beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent with me commanders of the military forces and horsemen, then Sanballat and the Heronite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard about it, and it was a very great evil to them that someone had come to seek the good of the sons of Israel. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. And I arose in the night, and I, I and a few men with me. I did not tell anyone what my God was putting into my heart to do for Jerusalem. And there was no animal with me except the animal on which I was riding. So I went out at night by the valley gate in the direction of the dragon spring and on to the dung gate, inspecting the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and its gates, which were consumed by fire. Then I passed on to the spring gate and the king's pool, and there was no place for my animal to pass. So I went up at night by the ravine and inspected the wall. Then I turned and entered the valley gate and turned around. Now the officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, nor had I as yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the rest who were doing the work. Then I said to them, You see the calamity we are in, that Jerusalem lies waste, and its gates burned by fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, so that we will no longer be a reproach. And I told them how the hand of my God had been good to me, and also about the king's words, which he had said to me. Then they said, Let us arise and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. But Sanballat the Heronite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Gershom the Arab heard of it. They mocked us and despised us and said, What is this thing you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? So I responded to them with a word and said to them, The God of heaven will give us success. Therefore we, his slaves, will arise and build. But you have no portion, right, or remembrance in Jerusalem. Chapter 3 Then Eliashib the high priest arose with his brothers the priests and built the sheep gate, and they set it apart as holy and made its doors stand. And they set apart as holy the wall to the Tower of the Hundred and the Tower of Hananel. Next to him the men of Jericho built, and next to them Zachar the son of Imri built. Now the sons of Hanasaniah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and made its doors stand with its bolts and bars. Next to them, Merimoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, made repairs. And next to them, Meshulam, the son of Barakiah, the son of Meshesh-Ezabel, made repairs. And next to them, Zadok, the son of Baana, also made repairs. Moreover, next to them, the Tekoites made repairs, but their nobles did not support the service of their masters. Joiada, the son of Peshiah, and Meshulam, the son of Besadiah, repaired the old gate, and they laid its beams and made its doors stand with its bolts and its bars. Next to them, Melatiah, the son Melatiah the Gibeonite, and Jadon, the, the Mer 
Moronathite, the men of Gibeon and of Mizpah, also made repairs for the official seat of the governor of the province beyond the river. Next to him, Uziel, the son of Herahiah of the goldsmiths, made repairs. Next to him, Hananiah, one of the perfumers, made repairs, and they restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Next to them, Raphaiah, the son of Hur, the official, of half the district of Jerusalem made repairs. Next to them, Jediah, the son of Haramumph, made repairs opposite his house. And next to him, Hattush, the son of Hashabaniah, made repairs. Melchijah, the son of Haram, and Hashub, the son of Pahath Moab, repaired another section and the Tower of Furnaces. Next to him, Shalem, the son of Halohesh, the official of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs, he and his daughters. Hanun and the inhabitants of Zanoah repaired the valley gate. They built it and made its doors stand with its bolts and its bars, and one thousand cubits of wall to the dung gate. Malchijah, the son of Rechab, the official of the district of Beth Hakarim, repaired the dung gate. He built it and made its doors stand with bolts, its bolts and its bars. Shalem, the son of Kolhoza, the official of the district of Mizpah, repaired the spring gate. He built it, covered it, and made its doors stand with its bolts and its bars. And the pool, the wall of the pool of Shelah at the king's garden as far as the steps that descend from the city of David. After him, Nehemiah, the son of Azbuk, official of half the district of Bethzur, made repairs as far as a point opposite the tombs of David, and as far as the artificial pool and the house of the mighty men. After him, the Levites made repair under Rehum, the son of Bani. Next to him, Hashabiah, the official of half the district of Kaliah, made repairs for this district. After him, their brothers made repairs under Bavai, son of Hinadad, the official of the other half of the district of Kalai. Next to him, Ezer, the son of Jeshua, the official of Mizpah, repaired another section in front of the ascent to the armory of the angle. After him, Baruch, the son of Zabai, zealously repaired another section from the angle to the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. After him, Merimoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, repaired another section from the doorway of Eliashib's house, even as far as the end of Eliashib's house. After him, the priests, the men of the valley, made repairs. After them, Benjamin and Hashub made repairs in front of their house. After them, Azariah, the son of Maasiah, the son of Ananiah, made repairs beside his house. After him, Benuah, the son of Hint. Hinadad made it, repaired another section from the house of Azariah as far as the angle and as far as the corner. Palau, the son of Uzi, made repairs in front of the angle and the tower projecting from the helper house of the king, which is by the court of the guard. After him, Pedaiah, the son of Parosh, made repairs. The temple servants living in Ophel made repairs as far as the front of the, winter, of the water gate toward the east and the projecting tower. After them, the Tekoites repaired another section in front of the great projection tower and as far as the wall of Ophel. Above the horse gate, 
the priests made repairs, each in front of his house. After them, Zadok, the son of Emmer, made repairs in front of his house. And after him, Shemaiah, the son of Shechaniah, the keeper of the east gate, made repairs. After him, Hananiah, the son of Shelemiah, and Hanun, the son of Zelopheth, repaired another section. After him, Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, made repairs in front of his own quarters. After him, Malchijah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs as far as the house of the temple servants and of the merchants, in front of the inspection gate, and as far as the upper room of the corner, between the upper room of the corner and the sheep gate, the goldsmith and the merchants made repairs. Now Psalm 97. Yahweh reigns, let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of Yahweh, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the peoples see his glory. Let all those be ashamed who serve graven images, who boast of idols. Worship him, all you gods. Zion heard this and was glad, and the daughters of Judah have rejoiced because of your judgments, O Yahweh. For you are Yahweh most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Hate evil, you who love Yahweh, who keeps the souls of his holy ones. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Be glad in Yahweh, you righteous ones, and give thanks for the remembrance of his holy name. Now Revelation chapter 4. After these things I looked, and behold, a door was standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of the trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was standing in heaven, and one sitting on the throne. And he who was sitting was like a jasper stone, and a sardius in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, like an emerald in appearance. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and upon those thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white garments, and golden head, crowns on their heads. And out from the throne came flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal, and in the center and around the throne four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind, and the first creature was like a lion, and the second creature like a calf, and the third creature had the face like that of a man, and the fourth creature was like a flying eagle, and the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And when the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever, 
and will cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and because of your will they exist and were created. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sits on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. Then I was crying greatly, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Stop crying, behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, a lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, set out, sent out into all the earth. And he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sits on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, people from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And you made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be the blessing and the honor and the glory and the might forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. This is the word of the Lord. Now the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now the collect for grace. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always that is righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, that is Squirrel Chatter for this Thursday. I wish you the very best of days. Remember, do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not to. 
Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. We'll see you again here tomorrow for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.